are holding, really we're holding on Tezayin at the end of that paragraph, but it is a common practice amongst many uh, of the Bachrim uh, to skip this next paragraph. It's very, very complicated and a lot of Kabbalah, and I think I'm going to lose you, may even lose myself. So we're going to skip to Aval, which is on page Yudzayin, uh, at the bottom of the page. Okay, that's a more uh, practical jumping off point here. Okay, so let's start over there. Okay, so we are, we are we're starting at the bottom of the page, Yudzayin. So we are dealing with here, we're continuing our conversation about the distinction between Aiden and Gan Aiden and the different levels, i.e., what we're really talking about here is the difference between uh, an etzim and a gilui, right? An etzim is something, right, generally translated as the essence of something, but we don't like that translation. So we like Rabbi uh, Paul Thiel's translation better, something in relationship to itself. And a gilui is going to be uh, where the Mechabal is the one that is setting the, uh, the rules here because the Mechabal is the one that is the target, right? So therefore, if I give my class in Japanese, as much as I can explain it very, very nicely, it's not going to be a concept of gilui, the Mechabal, because the Mechabal has no idea what I'm talking about because none of you speak Japanese. So the point is that I have to give it in an, over in a language that you're going to understand. And therefore, based on the student, there are going to be literally thousands of different levels that you can give things over in. Because based on the possibilities of intel- intellect of the student is going to dictate how much, how little, uh, what style, what type of, um, what type of mashalim you're going to use. All these different, uh, all these different uh, details are involved in the involved in the description of what a ha'ara, a ray, is. So everything we've been describing up until now is only dealing with the ray. But don't make the mistake to think that this is the tainuk ha'atzmi, right? The essential tainuk, namely what we've been talking about up until now, the concept of Aden itself. Aden itself, by definition, is not going to be broken down into levels. You do not have levels in Aden. It's not Shaykh. Aden is one thing. It's an etzim dika thing. It is what it is. That's it. Right? By definition, however, when you're coming off of the etzim, you're going to have lots of different levels. It's only ha'ara from it. Right? So it's a ray that's coming off of it. This is the idea of all the alios, all the the going ups, the elevations, right, of the nishamas in Gan Eden, right? Sheyesh gimel alios b'chol yom. That we say about in Gan Eden that there are actually uh, three different times during each day that the nishama has an aliyah. Vechein b'chol Shabbos and also on every Shabbos for Yontov. Shan nishamas oylim began Eden ha'elyon. That the nishamas actually go up in the Gan Eden ha'elyon. Kamo shekasu b'sefer shalbeinani. If you look over there in Perak Lamedtes. Next page. At the end of the day, all of this that we're talking about, by definition, has to be only a ha'ara alone from Aden itself. There are huge amounts, literally thousands upon thousands of different levels. Like it says, because there are 
tens of thousands of levels in Gan Eden. Right? This is a, this is taking on in the pasuk. That since you didn't serve Hashem b'simcha with your whole heart, in comparison to Rav Kol means <coughs> the many different. Uh, the idea is of the, the the levels of Gan Eden. You have to serve Hashem with a greater simcha. Like in other words, that you're serving Hashem in a way that you're excited to be to serving Hashem here in Olam Hazeh, right? When you have Torah and mitzvahs, that you get the actual thing even greater than Rav Kol. Right, even greater than all the different levels of Gan Eden. Which it says is the idea of more than all the, the life in the world to come. Like it's written elsewhere. Like it says, like it says. Right? Tzadikim don't have any type of rest, not in this world, not in the world to come. That they're constantly rising from one level to the next level. This is the point that his mom is stressing here. Since we're dealing with the Ha'ara in Gan Eden, i.e., right? Not, we're not talking about the level now of Tchiyas Amesim, right? Tchiyas Amesim, we're going to see that, we're going to experience the Etzim. But until that point in time, we're only dealing with Ha'aras. Since we're only dealing with Ha'aras, by definition, there's going to be a lot of different levels. In other words, one thing is, is dependent upon the other. Because we're dealing with Ha'ara, therefore, there are millions of different levels. Tens of thousands of different levels, whatever you want to call it. That's the way it works. Right? However, like it's known in the future, that's why in the future you can't say, meaning the future, there's no such thing as going up or going down. You can only have up and down if you're going away from the etzim, if you have a gilui. That's when you can have the potential of going up and down. For example, let's say that you have a light bulb, a huge light bulb, right, that's shining here in the middle of the night. The closer you're going to come to the light bulb, the more bright it's going to be. The further you're going to go away from the light bulb, so the darker it's going to be. Why? Because you're dealing with a ha'ara that's coming from the light bulb. Or for example, an oven or a, or, a, or a fire. The heat, not just the light, but the heat as well, is going to be different as you're moving further away from the actual source. That's the way it works, right? They, they, they tell a story I saw in Rabbi Guppin's uh, book. He explains a story about how the, the Rebbe from Slonim once came and uh, he saw uh, how the Tumimim, right, uh, the, the Bachram in, in Tomchei Tumimim, in the yeshiva that the Rebbe Rashab started, he said how they, they're, they're learning deep in Yanimim Hasidis and they're meditating and they're doing all different types of avoida and in, in Yanimim Skafia and this and, and all the things that are demanded of uh, you know, a Bachram in Tomchei Tumimim. And he said, what's going to be, though, when they leave the yeshiva? Right? So, so the, the, the idea, the answer was that, that as they are going to leave the yeshiva, the further they get away from the yeshiva experience is going to be, obviously, they're going to become, like, it's like moving further and further away. Like he said, that the idea is that the yeshiva experience is like a tanor, is like an oven. And the objective of the oven is you put, you put the the, the object in the oven and the idea is you turn it up as hot as possible. Why do you put it as hot as possible? In order that when you take the object out of the oven, right, it's going to remain hot. Now, after several hours, it's not going to be hot anymore. 
going to take less and less and less and less and less. Same thing also with the bacher. The yeshiva, whatever he puts into yeshiva, right? This is the oven for you guys. This is the time that you're going to cook. Everything that happens after this and when you get out of yeshiva is going to be based on the yeshiva experience. So if you keep it on like, you know, a low... Uh, you know, warm, 180 degrees in the oven. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to get yourself too involved in yeshiva life, right? So, therefore, what happens is that when you come out of yeshiva, that's going to be the you know representative of it. On the other hand, if you put yourself in and you put it up to 450 degrees and you're getting very, very hot, so <coughs> you you mamish working on avodas Hashem in every different way. So then, that's going to also be the experience. That when you come out of yeshiva, you're going to keep very, very hot. Now, there is a deeper, uh, a, a deeper uh, vart here that it says about Tamchei Tamimim, that once a person is a Tamimim, he's a Tamimim his whole life. He's always connected to, to Tamchei Tamimim. Okay, so this is something to remember. But this is a vart. The vart is that the more a person invests himself in while he's in yeshiva, as hard as it is, that sometimes it's, he finds it hard. He finds it like it's, you know, it's overwhelming for him. You know, it's a little bit tough. But the more he invests himself in, that's how it's going to reflect on his whole life. His whole life is going to be a reflection of the time that he spent in yeshiva. Right? Because when a person goes out of yeshiva and he goes, to, he goes to work, he gets married, he goes to work, he has kids, you know, all these things are taking up so much of his energy. And rightfully so. The Eibishter wants us to have a dear of a The Eibishter wants that we should go out into the world. The Eibishter is not interested in, in, in a person going up to the Himalayan mountains and sitting in a cave for 70 years. That's not what it's about. It's about putting your time into yeshiva and really trying to make it work for you in the best way. And then going out into the world, getting married, having children, raising your children, right? All that takes a tremendous amount of time and effort. At that point in time, you're not going to be kaching in a maimer and some above in the same way probably as you did when you were in yeshiva. But if you don't kach when you're in yeshiva, so then it's going to be very hard to keep that, you know, if you're only keeping it at 180 degrees, while you're in yeshiva, because you're afraid that it, you know it might be too overwhelming, you know it might be too much, whatever. So then, uh, you know, you're going to cool down very, very quickly. So this is the same analogy here, that the idea is over here, that all these levels is all dealing with ha'aras. When you're dealing with ha'ara, you're not dealing with the actual thing itself. You're watching a, a video of the main event. So as much as the video might express it, it doesn't have the same feeling of being there live. When you're at an event live, when you go to a concert live, right, and you experience the concert, no matter how much, I, it was very interesting actually, I remember. So, uh, so you, you, you know, nowadays you see people, they go to a concert, so they take out their telephones and they're like videoing and everything like that. I remember in the olden days, it was a big deal that like to try to, to record a concert. It was like called a, in the olden days it was called a bootleg, right? In a certain place in, in London, in one of the one of the you know trend you know interesting places, they would sell on the street. They'd have bootlegs of different concerts. They'd have these cassettes. You know what a cassette is? You probably never saw a cassette. I know what a cassette it's a, like is. a plastic thing, and there's a reel of of what is it called? I don't even know. It's a magnetic tape, I guess, inside that it would play the music, right? So people would sneak into the concerts and they'd hide in them on themselves like a tape recorder. And then you know, they press play or they press record, and they listen. You listen to you know they get all the people talking around and you know you know doing all, whatever it is. That they, they, but but at least you got like a taste of what it was like. And people would, you know spend a lot of money on these bootlegs, 
right? And you get these bootlegs, and you and you and you and you'd hear it. Oh, he spent all this money for the bootleg of this concert and that concert, you know, whatever it was. But nowadays, I saw that you could just go out and you could people. I like you could see people just filming the thing straight. I don't know. It's like very interesting, uh, very interesting experience for me. But even so. Even if you had, I mean, I can't imagine if I, when I was 16, if we had telephones and we can go into a concert and, you know, like go and, you know, watch it like a concert like that, right? Despite that factor, no matter how you're going, no matter how you're going to, you're going to slice it, right? No matter how you're going to slice it, it's still not the concert. I mean, imagine with, when I bought the, you know, when, you know, when you buy a bootleg and you listen to the concert and you hear all the people around talking, that's for sure not the concert, but at least you get a taste of what the concert was like. Nowadays, if you have a, an iPhone and you, and you film the thing, right, you watch it and it's like really, you know, special, it's still not the thing. But, because when you're there at the Edson thing itself, it's a whole different experience. It's an atmosphere, it's a music, it's a, a vibrations, you feel, you know, feel the energy of the crowd, you feel everything. It's a totally different experience, right? Everything else is a hara. It's a ray from it. It's not it. So that's what we're saying here. As much as Gan Eden is an unbelievable pleasure, the pleasure that is being experienced in Gan Eden is only a ha'ara. It's not it. Sure, it's like watching the, the video of an iPhone as opposed to, you know, the cassette uh, that, you know, you bought in, you know, a certain place in London. But it's still only a ha'ara. The tape is a ha'ara from the concert and the, and the, and the iPhone video is a ha'ara of the concert. Neither of them are really the same thing. They're not the thing itself. Yeah. Why is there such a stress on, stress on Gan Eden if it's just a ha'ara? Because at the end of the day, you're experiencing Hashem. You are experiencing. You're experiencing Ha'ara. You're experiencing Ha'ara of Hashem, which we're not experiencing right now in this world. You're experiencing the ultimate pleasure. People are spending their whole lives in this world going after pleasure, getting, trying. Where does that come from? It's from the Nishama. It wants the it wants to experience the the, the 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 pleasure. It makes it feel back at home, where it is, where it's from. That's what we're, we're trying to use Coca-Cola to give us a pleasure and we're trying to use uh, uh, sushi to give us a pleasure and we're trying to use music to give us a pleasure and we're trying to use, uh, uh, you know, uh, intellect to give us a pleasure, music, a guitar, all these things. We're trying to get any way to get pleasure. This is what people are doing their whole lives. They're spending their whole lives on this. And it's not even close to what the real thing is. Or it's not even close to even a ha'ara of what it is. Like it says in Tzemachsedek, in Derech Mitzusecha, in the Maimah Puravu, that it says over there, that a person, right, if he can imagine being a king of a country that, and that he has everything that he wants and that he has not only everything that he wants, there's no wars. It's total peace. Like in the times of Shlomo Amelch, total peace. Everything you could possibly imagine. Everything, everything, everything. And he lives and he can live for hundreds and hundreds of years. And everything is positive. Everything, and just imagine how he would have everything you could possibly imagine in Olam Hazet, Right? Even this is not a drop of what the pleasure of Gan Eden is anything like. The lowest level of Gan Eden. The lowest of the lowest of lowest of lowest levels. That's what he says over there. I don't know if he has that many lowest, but you know what I mean. Right? That's a little bit my, uh, what, what is that called? The, you know, literary uh, <laughs> extrapolation. <laughs> extrapolation literary. Okay, let's go fight there. That's why you have to say in the future, there is no such thing as an L going up or going down. There is no so you can't have a going up and going down in Etzim. Because that's going to be the Tainuga Atzmi itself. Because when you're dealing with Atzmos, you can't have the concept of levels. 
right? Levels cannot exist. But nowadays, that we have a ribui of madregas, there's so many different levels. That's, a, that's the whole point. Because it is a ha'ara, because it is a ha'ara, that's why you're able to have levels. For example, like he gives the example of the or that I was saying before. Like again, so you could have a t- up and uh, top and down and a below. You could have a head and a, and a tail. You could have a beginning and an end. You could have because when you're dealing with anything of this nature, right? There's you can get closer or further away from the fireplace. You can get closer or further away from the speaker. You can get closer or further away from the from the from the uh, uh, light. When you have a top and a bottom, right, you're going to have different madregas, right? That's the idea here. Bekiruvel makayro, because as you get closer to the source, huvechines ribu yoiser, so then it's going to be much more. Bevechines soifa is pashtu, so when you're talking about the end of it, the expression of it, huvechines miuta or, that's going to be a much lessening of the light. And we see the same thing with regards to Atsilas or the or every single word. In every single world, what are you starting off with? You're starting off with Chachma. Chachma is going to be the greatest amount of or in its purest sense. By the time you get down to Malchus, you have a tremendous limitation of what was there from the beginning. It's just getting less and less and less and less and less and less and less until you get to the Malchus. Right? That's the way it works. Even when you go from Chachma to Bina, right? Which is the idea that we were talking about before with regards to the Nahar Yotime Eden, Lashkoisis Agat, right? The Nahar, the river, the Bina is coming out from Eden. Bina, by definition, you're putting it into details. Remember the idea what we talked about yesterday? That when you have like all of a sudden a Taisvus and you sort of like you learn it and you sort of think like you got it, but you don't got it. But you feel an excitement. You feel a pleasure involved. You feel something. You feel the, the, the idea of sort of understanding an idea. But you don't really, you can't like explain it to someone. But you're excited by it. It's a chidush. It's excitement. It's tainuk. It's all the different things. Right? All in one. But you don't have it yet. Then when you try to get it, you try to break it down. You try to say, okay, what was the question here? What is Taisus's question? And you really bring it down into words. And then you have, what is Taisus's answer? You bring it down into words. On the one hand, you got it, but you lost the light. Because now you enclose the light, enclose the light into the keli. Once you enclose the light into the keli, it's yours. It's something you could hold on to, but it's not it anymore. It's not the same thing. It's a contradiction. Right? That's what we're talking about here. That's the idea. Kamoha, or an air, like the or of the, of the candle. It's no connect, there's no question, there's no comparison when you're close to the nair. Or if you're moving further away from the light in the, in the house. You can't compare the two. You're moving further and further away. A great example of this is like uh, when, we, when you go camping and you, put a, you make a bonfire. Right, so when you're close to the bonfire, you feel, uh, you know, especially on like a cold night in in northern Michigan. How are you over there, northern Michigan? Right, when you're northern Michigan, right, it's like a cold. It's cold. 
even in the summertime, it gets cold, yeah. right? So you feel, yeah? So you feel like, you feel like next to the bonfire, you feel the warmth, you feel the light, you feel comfortable. And as you walk, you know, you decide you're going to take a walk with a friend, you know, or whatever. You take a walk for, you know, a uh, hundred yards away from the, from the fire. All of a sudden, you feel like you're in the dark. You feel like you feel the cold. You don't feel, it's a totally different experience, right? But you only moved away a hundred yards, 50 yards, even 20 yards, even 10 yards. Right, you all of a sudden become clothed within the within the darkness and the coldness of the of the night. Right, that's what happens. That's what he says here. Right, like the light of a of a of a bonfire, and also the light of the sun. Now, all of these things that we're talking about are limited things. Obviously, <coughs> we're getting bigger and bigger. You have the a candle, right? That's one thing. Right, that's what we said. And then you have a bonfire, and then you have even the sun. But each of these things, as great as you're making them, they're still limited by nature. They're they're a limited entity. Right? As you get closer to the sun, the light is even a greater powerful strength. And the further away you go, then it's not going to be so much. You see the same idea above. So the closer you get to the source of light, it's going to be greater. That's the way it is in every concept of or. That's just the way it is. There is no comparison from the beginning to the end of its expression. And since in general you have a head and a, and, a, and a tail, a beginning and an end, so to speak, if you could say about something that you have a beginning and you have an end, so you could say about it that there's going to be many different levels. That's the way it works. But when you're talking about an etzim of something, that doesn't, ha- and you could say this, you could extrapolate this idea that something that doesn't have a beginning, it doesn't have an end, so then you can't say about it that it's going to be levels, right? By definition, it's bakol makom in every place, b'shava equally. That's the way it works, right? Only when you have a beginning and an end can you have levels. If you have no beginning and no end, Right? This is where we're, we're aiming towards something. We're going to be talking about, obviously, in the, in the third mimer, it's going to get into this whole discussion about, uh, about Hashem, it's beginning and end, and no beginning, no end, whatever, etc. Right? But by definition, you're not going to have levels. You can't have levels. How could you have levels if you have no starting point and no end point? <coughs> the only reason why you could have a level is because you have a start and you have an end to something. Right? If you're starting your education, you start in kindergarten and you end in, uh, in uh, what do you call it, in Zal, or in getting Dionys, or, or you know, going on to get a PhD, whatever it is. Right? This, is. this is the beginning, and then obviously between the stage of kindergarten and the stage that a person becomes a doctor, right, there are a huge amount of levels. Right? That's the idea, because there's a beginning. That's it. Obviously, then it won't have a beginning. It doesn't have an end. Below is chalkus madregas klal, and therefore you are not going to have division. You're not going to have division of levels. No such thing. So now we can come back to. We can understand this is the avoida of the neshamas in Gan Eden. 
Because down here below, while we're here in a goof, we're doing our avoida, right? In the way we're supposed to be doing it. So also similarly, you have the concept of avoida in, in the upper world as well. They're also doing an avoida. Obviously, the avoida in each level is completely different. Think about it. Even a beginning, a middle of life, right? The avoda of a three-year-old is different than the avoda of a 10-year-old, which is different than the avoda of a 13-year-old, which is different than the avoda of an 18-year-old, which is different from the avoda of a married person, right? That's a very important point. Each person has to recognize where he's holding in the timeline of life, right? So a bachar in yeshiva has a certain avoda. But when he becomes married and he starts having children, the avoda changes. When he's in Shana Rishayna, in the first year of married life, his avoda is, by definition, going to be different. And the expectations of what he's supposed to be doing is different. If he acts like a bachar while he's, when, he, when he gets married, he's doing the wrong avoda. He's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right? If, when he starts having children, he's doing the avoda of what it was for the first year of married life, it's also the wrong avoda. Each time you have to see, where am I right now? When by seeing where you are right now, you're going to be different. You see this in basic, in everything in life. Even in a football game. You're going to, they're going to play differently if it's the beginning of the game, or the middle of the game, or the end of the game. They're going to play differently based on different circumstances. Everything in life is based on the circumstances. So also the avoda is based on circumstances. That's not to say that now all of a sudden he doesn't uh, have to put on tefillin. That's not what we're talking about. Obviously, there are certain things that remain. That he's going to eat, you know, obviously matzah on Pesach. But the avoda of his seder is going to be different. Right? A bachar who goes out and makes a seder for a hundred people in Timbuktu, right? Well, when he's married and has three kids, he can't do that anymore. That's not his avoda anymore. Now he has to make a seder for these three kids that he has. And somehow make it alive and an exciting experience for the kids. In the same way that, right, when he was when he was when he was giving making a seder in Timbuktu, he had to say certain things that maybe he wouldn't say when he was going to uh, make a seder for his three little kids, because he has to recognize who the audience is. When you recognize who the audience is, so then you're you're by definition you're changing. That's the difference in the, in the avoda. It's a very essential point. And the avoid at each level is going up from level to level. However, this is a very important point. As you go up from level to level, you have to have a level, a concept of bitl in the level that you were there before. In other words, as you grow, you can't be holding on to the same thing as the same way you looked at life before. Think about a, when we were all children, right? And we went from, uh, let's say, we went from elementary school, we were in eighth grade, right? Making it to eighth grade was like an important thing, right? And, you know, we were so excited to be the oldest in the school, you know, when we were in fifth grade and sixth grade and seventh grade, and we had to take all the information that we had with us from fifth grade to sixth grade, seventh grade. finally we were in eighth grade. <coughs> now we're like the king of the hill, right? We're like the, the oldest in the school. We're running the school. You know, we're doing all... But the point is not to stay at the oldest of being an eighth grader. 
The objective is now to start all over again in a fresh new system. Where do you go? You go into ninth grade. When you're ninth grade in high school, you're in a, usually a different building, in a different set of circumstances, and you have to be mevatal, the mindset that you had as an eighth grader. Because if you walk into ninth grade with the mindset you have as an eighth grader, you're going to fail. You have to be bitl. You have to start all over again. You, have to, you, know, you recognize you're now the lowest on the totem pole again. And you have to come at it with that type of energy in order to survive. In order to, and you have to look at yourself and you have to say, you know, like uh, the, the, the level of intensity in ninth grade and all the tests and midterms and, you know, all et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that we all had was totally different than what was going on in eighth grade. Right? It's a whole new system. You have to learn how to go from class to class. You have to go, have to go, you know, you have to, you have to be studying a lot more on your own. You're giving, getting books. And then you finally grow through this system until you become a senior. Right? And then what happens? You're a senioritis, right? You're going crazy. Now you're driving your car around and you're like the coolest thing that ever hit, you know, anything since sliced bread and, you know, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden you want to go to college. And now college is a whole different, a whole different system. Right? We all went to college, and when we went to college, you had to start all over again, start from scratch. Now you go away to college, you're living in a dormitory, and you, have, and you make new friends, and you have to, in your Bamish, you have total control, you have total independence, you have to be able to recognize that, uh, you know, I have to be the one in control. I have to know that I have to, if I have a 9 o'clock class, or an 8 o'clock class, or a 10 o'clock class, or whatever it is, I have to be the one to wake myself up. I have to be the one to go to class. I have to be the one to, uh, to, to do my homework. I have to be the one to recognize, right, the class will be like for an hour. And then they'll give you 300 pages of work that you have to do for the next class that you have to read. So if you're spending your time sitting in front of a TV, watching TV, it's not going to work. You have to be able to be, uh, you know, lift yourself up by your bootstraps and go to the library and sit there in the library and read the stuff and take notes on the stuff. And you have to, you have to have a, you know, you have to have a whole notebook for this class and notebook for that class. And you have to figure it out yourself. And your mother is not standing over your shoulders, you know, making you uh, ch- uh, chocolate chip cookies and, uh, and whatever. doesn't happen that way. So you have to mavatal the way that whole energy that you were in 12th grade and you have to take on a completely new approach. And that's why it's so hard to be a freshman in high school, a freshman in college, or whatever it is. Whenever you start something new, it's so hard. Because you have to mavatal everything that you, the whole mindset you're coming into it from. Because you finally figured out how to be the top of elementary school. You finally make it to eighth grade. You understand how the system works. You're perfect at the system. And we get thrown into high school. And you have to start all over again trying to figure out how the high school works. And how to get along with teachers and how to get along with all the people that you're there with. And then finally you get to be a senior and you finally got how the whole system works and you get along with the principal and you get along with the teachers and you figure out how to, how to you know, work it this way and work the system that way and work the system the other way and you figure out everything else. And then we get thrown into freshman year of college. And then we're lost again. And you have to mevatel yourself. But on the other hand, no one wants to spend their life as an eighth grader or a senior in high school. You have to constantly be growing. Every single day you have to be growing. And every single day is the same idea. Every day is the concept that you have to grow from day to day. And if you're in the same place as you were yesterday, then you haven't, you haven't done your job. Kapish? All right, I think we'll stop here and we'll continue. Mitzvah Shema tomorrow's class.